Welcome to Conscious Convos. This podcast is a space for conversations that inspire us towards better understanding and achieving spiritual growth. We do that by inviting different guests from all over the world to share their unique journeys, insights, and practical advice on how to live a more elevated and conscious life. Welcome to Conscious Convos, episode 16 with Dana Abuzeki. And this episode is titled A Life of Mindfulness. So in this episode, we're joined by Dana from Beirut, Lebanon to talk about mindfulness. We've all heard about mindfulness, but do you really understand what mindfulness is? Do you know how to develop mindfulness? And do you fully understand really what mindfulness is? can do to positively impact your life no matter what stage of life you are what role you're playing in life what is your ba- what background you're from etc mindfulness is something that will help you and you can still be more mindful in your life so we explore this topic with dana and um, this was a great episode i hope you enjoy it as much as i did um just to let you know a little bit about Dana. Dana is a certified mindfulness coach um, and is also a meditation and yoga teacher. She likes to spread wellness, happiness, and health by teaching mindfulness techniques that help people have a more balanced life. So Dana's passion lies in helping others take a deeper look at their lives, managing stress, releasing painful emotions, and raising their level of awareness. She guides people through mindful practices that help them take charge of their own healing and their life in general. Dana also conducts several mindfulness workshops. She teaches mindfulness programs, and she's also available for one-on-one coaching. Um, You can see her contacts and how to reach her in the bio of this episode. So without further ado, enjoy this episode with Dana Abuzeki. There we go. So episode 16. Hello, everyone. And we're here today with Dana Abuzeki. How are you today, Dana? I'm great. How are you, Mo? I'm very well. Thank you very much. So Dana, I uh, got to know you through Rita, who was also a guest on the podcast a few weeks ago, where we yeah. talked about EFT, um, which is emotional freedom techniques for those that didn't watch the episode. And I always ask guests, you know, to recommend other people that they believe should be on the podcast. And uh, you're the first name that she that she recommended. So very happy to have you today um, on, on Conscious Convos, Dana. So um, I know, Dana, that you, uh, you're in Beirut, Lebanon, and you teach mindfulness uh, over there. So we're going to get into that. Um, but first, as we always do with our guests, we like to know a little bit about your journey. So were you always into mindfulness or how did that happen? I mean, tell us your story from the very beginning. Oh, no, absolutely not. <laughs> I've never been into mindfulness. Okay. Um, so I, I think the journey started with, with, with yoga. 
So uh, that and that eventually led me to mindfulness. So I started practicing yoga around 16 years ago. Okay. And uh, I, I became a practitioner for a very long time. And uh, a couple of years ago, um, I started facing um, the reality of, of perfecting a physical practice, but still having some um, anxiety um, over emotional sensitivity. Um, so I wasn't really going inwards and dealing with whatever was going on inside of me. Right. And I noticed how hard it was for me at the end of a yoga class to actually lie down in Shavasana, which is called corpse position. And um, it's just started hitting me really hard that there are things that I'm not dealing with and I'm not really taking care of my emotional and mental and spiritual part of me. Mm -hmm. And uh, through the practice of yoga, um, and as I become, a, I became a yoga teacher and I was teaching for some time, I came across uh, meditation as deepening the practice of meditation. Mm. And uh, I did that and I also uh, became a meditation teacher. And when I started the meditation journey, this is when I started going inwards and exploring what's going on inside of me. And that led me into the practice of mindfulness, which was a beautiful, if I can say, an ending to a, a journey, but the start of a new one um, with um, more tools, uh, a broader perspective and application of meditation, if I can say that. Mm -hmm. And it's completely, completely transformed me and definitely helped me uh, to become the person that I am today. And... Uh, and I, as I continue to evolve with the practice, as I teach it to others as well. Right. Um, yeah. So Dana, you got, I mean, the reason you got into meditation, uh, sorry, into yoga 16 years ago, was it purely uh, at that time, just because as a sort of exercise, like was for physical reasons, or you knew that it also had a spiritual element to it at the time 16 years ago? I think at the time I was going through a, a personal challenge and um, I, it was just so random that I was walking on, I was back in the States back then and I was just walking on M Street and I saw the center that attracted me and I just walked in. Mm. And the minute I stepped in, I knew that I belonged. It was, it was I can't explain the feeling, it just captivated me. And I started to be practicing yoga at a center there. And it was more of not the traditional Indian yoga. It was actually a Korean um, uh, yoga that's based on energy and Tai Chi and um, um, movements and healing okay. therapies. Right. From then, that's when the journey started. And, and I just felt good. Yeah. Every time I practiced, I felt good. Yeah. So whatever was going on with me personally, yeah. I was able to disconnect. And that's why I kept on coming back. And then I started exploring other types of yogas. And as I moved out of DC, came back to Beirut, I just deepened my practice into trying different lineages and different yoga practices and so on. And so basically it started back then with, I guess, um, at, you know, just randomly walking and just connecting with the center and and just realizing that I really need it in my life and mm. it just made me feel good and helped me deal with whatever I was going through yeah 
yeah sort of like uh, it just called you to to go in and and uh, the rest is history so yeah, it's crazy. right it's just, the, it's just the energy that you feel in such a center that yeah. the, the calmness the peacefulness the the love actually right. i received so much love from that center sure. um, and i'm forever grateful for for the people i connected with because they truly had a they're the ones who put me on this path and um and that's how the journey started uh, yeah. 16 years ago. yeah okay and then and then when you said that um like a couple of years ago, you felt, you know, um, like some sort of anxiety and, you know, personal issues start to come up internally uh, that you had to deal with. Were those coming up during the yoga session? Like, I, I'm wondering if there's a connection there, like you, while doing yoga and perfecting the physical part of it, this these uh, things and these emotions start to come up during the session and you started to notice them? Is that what was happening? So during the, 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 the physical practice, I was very much in, in, in the moment and very much focused on the practice and, and feeling that joy of, of, of the practice itself. It only hit me when we actually uh, had to practice around five minutes of stillness towards mm. the end of the class, mm. where I realized this is where my challenge is. Mm. This is when the thoughts would come. This is when the emotions mm. would resurface. So during the physical practice, you're already distracted by movement and the breath. And when you're actually practicing yoga properly, your mind cannot be anywhere else. So yoga actually as a practice bring, it is actually a type of mindfulness because if you're really practicing it properly, thinking of where you're putting your foot, the alignment, uh, how you're moving, how you're synchronizing the breath with the movement, it's yeah. a meditation in itself. The problem was, is when I stopped and... <laughs> You know, people enjoy, actually, I had people in class would start snoring and it was their favorite position. Actually, I hated that position. It was supposed to be the easiest and people wait for the last pose in yoga because they just drop down and relax. Mm. I just wanted to get up and run away. Mm. And then I'm like, I can't do this anymore. Whenever yeah. I lay down, everything that I was running away from mm. that I wasn't dealing with came up to the surface. And that was really hard. And this yeah. is when I realized, I need to do something else. So I started exploring different healing modalities and one of them was the meditation and the training that led me eventually to mindfulness. Mindfulness. Yes. Yeah. 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 Completely transformed my life, to be honest. So yeah. Yeah. These are the type of thoughts and, and, and feelings that come up during stillness is what, you know, many people, they distract themselves their whole life. So basically, you know, we're living in a time that is very fast paced people just wake up, they run to get ready for work, they go to work, they're busy all day, they come back, they're tired, they watch TV, whatever, and then have dinner and go to sleep. So there's no time for that stillness. Meanwhile, these thoughts and emotions are just there and like in the background bubbling somewhere. And but people rarely have, I mean, not everyone, but a lot of people rarely have stillness in their life, where these things actually surface so it's it's you know in hindsight it's a really good thing that these five minutes at the end of the yoga session made you realize that you know you you needed to deal with these uh feelings and you know then you 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 made the right choice by addressing them instead of running away from them um and then you got into meditation and meditation to mindfulness is like a natural progression um yeah 
<laughs> right. So, so, so tell us more about mindfulness. So what, for those that don't know, what exactly is mindfulness? So it's exactly the opposite of what you were describing. So what you were describing is what we call in the mindfulness world an autopilot mode of operating. So when you're disconnected uh, from what's happening around you and what's happening within you. So, um, and this is the problem, you know, that's facing a lot of people. So it's, it's not just not having time for stillness. It's also running away from stillness for many mm. reasons. And just completely being on this mechanical mode of operating. So you do the same thing every day. You have so many distractions, be it social, uh, you know, that repetitive um, activities that we do without much thought, without connection with our body, with our hearts, with what's truly going on is what we call a state of autopilot. And unfortunately, most people operate in this mode like maybe 90% of the time. And this is why people suddenly burn out because they're not dealing with whatever's going on inside of them. So suddenly they burst out into anger or into tears or realize they have severe depression or extreme anxiety or panic attacks. And then they're like, what's, what's happening? You know, maybe I need to slow down. And then they start exploring stuff. So mindfulness is a state where you are fully in the moment, aware of what's going on inside of you, your emotions, your physical body, the sensations and your thoughts and what's going on around you as well. So it's not just a relationship with yourself, it's a relationship with what's happening around you, including people. So that's why when we speak about mindfulness and that's the beauty of it, as opposed to just sitting cross-legged in a meditation position, which has beautiful, beautiful benefits, mindfulness is a broader application of meditation because you are uh, really practicing presence with people in your life that you're disconnected from. This is why we have a lot of relationship problems or even... Uh, parenting problems, it's because we are not present. We're not in the moment. So by definition, and it's really my favorite definition of mindfulness, it's basically uh, uh, being in the moment on purpose and non-judgmentally. Mm. And the reason why I love this definition is because there's the element of responsibility. There is a conscious decision to be present. So it's not something that comes to you. It's actually an effort that you need to put in and decide that you want to pay attention on purpose in the moment and do it non-judgmentally. And when we say non-judgmentally, which is one of the pillars of mindfulness, is basically not judging yourself, your emotions, your thoughts, your physical sensations, and not judging others. So you're also not judging the emotions of others, the reactivity of others. So this is where the non-judgment comes. So right. in simple terms, really, it's being present. And when we are present, we are aware. And when we are aware, we create a space in our mind and in our heart that's clear, that helps us start to take decisions in the right direction in order for us to correct our life. Because as, if we continue to live on autopilot, then we are basically um, a living without choice. We're just being um, completely, um, how can I say it, um, played around with really yeah. simply. We're just, we're, we're just React like, or reactive kind of just, you know, going. Absolutely. Because we're being pushed around is, is, a, is a good description. Yeah. 
Yeah. And you're being pushed around by a word, by someone, by an external um, uh, event that's happening, um, by someone in your life, by, by a situation, by, I don't know, someone crossing the road. As yeah. simple as that, we start getting triggered by things around us. Or by your and own reason, thoughts sometimes, by your own thoughts that exactly. you're not paying attention to. Absolutely. Right. That's your internal trigger. Mm -hmm. So there are external triggers and internal triggers. And because we are operating on autopilot and we're not aware yeah. and we're allowing life to kind of take us right and left and, and, and we're not present, we're not making conscious choices. So we think, a lot of people think that they're making choices and they're doing things with awareness and reality, no. They're not, they're not really conscious of what they're doing because if they stop for a second and they observe, and this is what mindfulness does, it helps you cultivate an ability to observe and to have a really true, honest look into yourself and into your life and see what is going on. Where is my responsibility in what is happening to me? Hmm. So, this is this is really it's an observation without judgment for the purpose of change yeah. because change doesn't happen without awareness mm. and if we're going to continue operating on autopilot and waiting until someone or something triggers us and then we blow up in their face or we internally collapse or get a burnout or have panic attacks then we're really living life without um any power we're like giving our power away so uh observing our life is what mindfulness helps us do it's basically teaches us how to slow down and this is what people don't do right okay i mean you explained it very clearly uh dana i like that uh, definition and it's kind of like Meditation is a form of mindfulness, but it's not all of mindfulness. So it's like meditation is part of mindfulness. Mindfulness is a lifestyle, is, is a way of life, basically. Meditation is a practice that helps you become mindful, but mindfulness is how you live your life in its entirety, mm -hmm. right? And um, the interesting thing is that it makes a lot of sense to be mindful because focusing on the present moment is what should be happening because it's the only thing that is actually there. I mean, the only thing that exists is the present moment. So everything else that is not the present moment is really just like a kind of an illusion. If you're thinking about the past too much or about the future and you're not aware that you're thinking about the past and the future, you're, you're thinking of imaginary stuff. Meanwhile, the present moment, we're always in it. You know, even we get to the future and then the future is actually the present, still the present moment. So it makes sense to be here and now, but it doesn't happen automatically. That's the thing about the mind. It's, it's if you leave things be as they are, we're, we're not gonna be mindful. It's something, even though it's, it's the thing that makes sense the most, it's like you have to practice it to make it part of your lifestyle, right? Absolutely. Does that, is my understanding correct? Absolutely. The brain actually, Mo, is made up of two networks, what we call the default mode network and the task force network. 
And a mm -hmm. default mode network is basically, I can call it the autopilot mode. And mm -hmm. mostly we are, we have a tendency to, to stay in the default mode network, which is basically mm -hmm. worrying about the future, thinking of the future or the past, ruminating, thinking, worrying about the future. So you're not present. You're not in the task force network. Task force network is a mode of the brain. It's a part of the brain. It's a network that you can actually, through mindfulness, switch from the default mode network into the task force network. And that's what um, mindfulness helps you do. And the good thing is that you, can, you always have a choice and you can actually switch. And it needs training because I always say mindfulness is, is like a muscle. Your brain is a muscle that you need to train. So mindfulness practices helps you pause. It's the art of pausing. And when you pause, you use tools and techniques to help you stay in the present moment. Relax your body, calm your body, shift into the parasympathetic nervous system. And when you do that, then you are present. You are in the moment. You're dealing with whatever is going on inside of you. So we are born kind of, or we have a tendency, the brain has a tendency to stay in the DMN, what we call the DMN. And mm. mindfulness is a practice to take you out of the DMN and into a present, into a task. When we call it task force network, it's because you're doing something. For example, um, when you are fully present working on a project, for example, then you are focused, you are in the moment. This is a mindfulness practice. Yeah. If you are fully there, musicians, when they're playing music, they're meditating because mm. their minds and hearts are on that instrument and they are in the moment. This is present. So this is meditation. And this is a task, a fourth network, because you're actually doing something that you're engaging your brain in. You're not in the future. You're not in the past. You're in the moment. So there are activities that can help us stay present. The problem is, and when we start doing these practices unmindfully, and when they become autopiloted, mm. so it's it's when you you do something all the time, and then you you kind of lose touch with it, that mm. it becomes mechanical. Then you're no. not doing, you're not in the moment, you're not actually doing the task because your brain is everyone else, everyone else, right. everywhere else, you need. Right. and it's right. it's not in the moment. And that's what happens with people who work long hours or um have like a disconnection from from a hobby or a practice or a profession it's because they are allowing themselves to go into the dmn they're allowing themselves to go into the autopilot mode as opposed to being present and and uh, you know fully aware of what they're doing and what's going on inside of them mm. Mm. so yeah. so mindfulness definitely is a broader application of meditation meditation is a technique that is taught in mindfulness but mindfulness has a lot of other tools and techniques and practices and exercises. And there, because we work with the brain, so there's the cognitive part, we work with the emotions and we work with the physical body. So it really touches all aspects of, of, of a person, right? So mm -hmm. uh, we work with the mind, we explore the thoughts, we start observing. So I mentioned observation because you wanna observe your thoughts and there are patterns that are unhealthy. And what can you do to break that pattern? What is happening in your mind? So the mindfulness exercises, we have a lot of written exercises. So basically you journal down your thoughts, your emotions, your physical sensations in certain situations. And you start to monitor and observe mm -hmm. if there's a pattern that's unhealthy for you. Mm -hmm. and, and this is where that you, you start cultivating that awareness. Because if you don't do that practice, if you don't slow down, if you don't go inwards and observe and reflect, then you can never know what is truly going on. And that's right. where people, you know, fall into the trap of victimhood because they, 
you know, they can't see where their responsibility is. And mm. at least for me, that's how was my journey is. And that's why mm. mindfulness was transformational. I started observing my thoughts, my emotions, my behavior, and reflecting and looking for patterns. What am I doing that is adding to my sorrow or my pain or my suffering or whatever? Mm. So th this is what mindfulness helps you um, right. realize your own responsibility towards your stress. I, I, my focus since I started teaching mindfulness has been uh, stress and anxiety. So I work a lot with people who suffer from stress and anxiety. And mm -hmm. unfortunately, the problem is, is because they're so focused on, on stress, because they're so distracted, um, they don't see where their responsibility is when mm. it comes to the stress levels. Mm. And this is where I come in to help them and kind of shed light on and help them cultivate the awareness of, wait a minute, I, I do have stress. There is stress in my life, but where is the stress coming from? Is it really just my situation? Is it just the external environment? Is it just the job situation or the economic situation? And I, you know, I can speak about Lebanon because we, we, a lot of people are facing anxiety and stress because of the situation here. Mm. But there is, there is an inner responsibility, even if we are in a situation that's not ideal. It's what are we doing? How are we adding to our stress? What can we yeah. change? So mm. mindfulness helps you do that. Slow down, look at patterns that are unhealthy, that are toxic, and start changing the way you um, respond to life. So, so basically, mindfulness teaches you how to pause and reflect in order not to react, but respond to life. And this is mm. the beauty of mindfulness. Mm. It gives you a choice. Yeah. As opposed to autopilot mode of living, you're driven. You don't have a choice. You're really acting in a mechanical, robotic manner that you don't have a choice. Mm. Um, so at least this is how I see the, the power and transformational power of mindfulness is right. the observation and the reflection that mm. helps you look at your life mm. in an honest manner and going inwards and doing that journey and really asking yourself, how am I adding to my stress or my agony or my suffering or my relationship problem or my professional problem or family yeah. problem or whatever, or problem within yeah. myself, Yeah, which is, which is with parts here, fixing the relationship with yourself. Mm. Um, very, very, very fascinating, uh, Dana. And you know that I, I personally never like studied mindfulness as a topic on its own so like i'm learning a lot from from this episode um but there was a, a point where i was you know i i read about being in the present moment and 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 the power of the present moment and i was thinking about you know why it's so important to be in the present moment and i then i realized that all the good stuff all the good, you know, the, the good things we're looking for can only happen if you're in the present moment. So, for example, connecting with a loved one, connecting with children, having a good time with friends can only happen if you're in the present moment. If you're with them physically and you're, and you're not present and you're not mindful, you cannot do that. Um, things like gratitude you cannot be grateful if you're not 
in the present moment. If your mind is somewhere else, it's, it's not going to be grateful. So again, you have to be mindful to be grateful. So all these things that bring us happiness, because at the end of the day, everybody wants to be happy. And so happiness is directly linked to mindfulness. Um, so all the things that we're looking for are, are in the present moment. And that's part of the, the power, I, I guess, of, of being mindful. And that's just a realization that I had a while back, you know, without studying mindfulness or anything, but it's just something I, 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 I realized recently. And I'm like, wow, okay, this all ties in together um sometimes um, i don't know if it makes any sense what i'm what i'm saying does it is absolutely, that absolutely yeah i mean and you mentioned kids because honestly you know i'm i i teach mindful parenting as well and you know i i hear a lot of parents you know complain about you know their their kids not listening or throwing things around their reactivity their anger um you know all the you know problems that parents complain about and really all that kids need, Mo, is just a few minutes of full presence. And, you know, they need a connection. They need their parents to look them in the eye at their level, listen to their feelings without, you know, having a phone in your hand or making a phone call or cooking while you're talking to them or whatever we do. Unfortunately, I'm a parent and I know that I've, I've done that before. Um, and definitely mindfulness is, is, has helped me, you know, work on my relationship with my kids because all they want, just give them a 10 to 15 minutes of complete attention, your utmost attention and your relationship will completely change with them. Yeah. They really, under, that's what they want. Mindfulness is, mm. is present. I mean, how can you love someone if you can't be there for them fully? You know, mindfulness is about active listening. So when, when we're not really there fully, then we are in our heads. And if we're in our heads, then we're not really listening to what they're saying. Mm. And when we're not really listening to what they're saying, how can we solve the problem? Mm. How can we teach them not to react if we are not understanding what's going on inside of them? So like I said, mindfulness is not just about being aware of what's going on inside of you. It's about what's happening around you. So as a parent, you need to be mindful so you can notice what's truly going on with your children and, and what's happening with them. Then you can parent them in a better way, connecting with them on an emotional level, not judging their reactions or their misbehavior, um, but really look them in the eye and trying to understand where is this behavior coming from. And you can only do that if you are fully present, because when you are fully present, then you can see their pain. You can see yeah. what's going on inside them. You can really hear them. So um, absolutely, it's, it's mindfulness is a practice of helping us slow down to notice life. Yeah. Whether it's what's happening with our kids, whether a bird singing in the sky, this is exactly the joy. You know, and this is what started happening. I realized, wait a minute, there's actually happiness that I can achieve in a minute. If I just focus and listen to the sound of birds or watch the, 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 the ocean, the waves, and just connect there and be fully present, there's like a, a wave of joy that comes from within of being fully present and connecting with nature. It's just, it's life-changing. 
And this is what we take for granted because we're easily distracted. And there's also a choice here in a way because we, we wanna do, uh, we want the easy um, fun stuff. Like that's why we're attracted to, to easy distractions. Uh, it's, it's like a quick fix, right? Mm. Mindfulness requires effort. It requires a decision to pay attention, which a lot mm. of people don't want to do <laughs> because they don't want to deal with whatever's going on with them. And this is why a lot of people that start meditation, they, they run away from it because it's, it's, it's just hard for them to deal with whatever was going on inside yeah. of them. And I understand yeah. that. And, and, and I mean, my message would be, you have to do this. You have to listen to yourself. You have to listen to the parts of you that you're running away from, that you're not dealing with. As hard as it is, you have to do this. And um, mindfulness makes it easy because we're not asking you to sit in meditation and silence for 20 minutes. We're not asking you to just, uh, you know, not move your body for 20. As much as meditation is part of uh, mindfulness and it is a, a fundamental practice that needs to be done, Mm. It's it's mindfulness is more practical because yeah. you can be mindful while cooking. You can be mindful by being playing with your kids. You can be there's mindful walking, mindful eating. There's mm. there's beautiful applications of mindfulness. So it's really um, broadened the uh, the uh, I guess the application of meditation, and it simply uh, asks you to be fully present in the moment that you're in. And you mm. can continue going on in your life. It's very practical. That's why it's really big in corporations now, because mm-hmm. it's not just taught at the clinical level. So mm. it's went out of clinical. So we're not just helping people breathe and relax and visualize a river and uh, and and flowers and you know everything is so nice. No, actually, we're we're teaching it. Uh, uh, we're, we're making it practical. We're asking you for one minute just to stop what you're doing. Connect with your breath, close your eyes, disconnect. Take a few breaths before you answer an email or or pick up the phone. Pausing, slowing down will change your life. And this is why mindfulness has become so popular because it's it's really practical and you can apply it. I don't need to sit cross-legged in my office to become Mm. more mindful. I I can start applying mindfulness with simple practices that can be present, keep me connected so I know wait a minute, I'm breathing now, but I feel tension in my chest. So clearly mm. there's something that's, that's my God. <laughs> clearly, it, you know, something is stressing me, stressing me out. And then you make the decision to deal with it as opposed to ignoring it, not realize that it's within you and it's happening. And then suddenly clash with someone or like have an anger outburst or have a conflict at work or personal or what have you. So inviting mindfulness through simple practices it can be just a minute uh, every like an hour or so take a break pause reflect breathe there's so many practices that we can do will really change your life and 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 make uh and and make you more mindful um yeah yeah (laughs) your your cat is most welcome to join us as a as a guest as well you should see her when I meditate she she loves it she's I think she feels the energy she's like all over me and <laughs> she's done yeah I mean animals can detect energy for sure I'm I'm not surprised <laughs> so yeah um but you know anyway Donna I want to get into before I get into the practical part actually 
the second part of the definition, which is the non-judgmental part, which is not to judge. I think this could be a, somehow a challenging part to understand for some people, because what does it mean exactly? And here I'm just going to play the devil's advocate. Like, what do you mean don't judge? Does that mean nothing is bad? Does that mean if I'm not, ju if I'm not judging a thought, how do I know that this thought is something I should, or a behavior is something that is good for me or not good for me that I should correct it or not correct it? So is it part, isn't that judging it or what does judging mean or non-judging mean exactly? Uh, so no, that would be observing really because you're observing mm -hmm. something and you mm -hmm. can label it as a negative emotion or a negative thought. But judgment is, is, is um, it's really, um, you mentioned people, right? So if someone, let's say, treats you in a negative way or in a bad way, when you judge that person, you are uh, maybe calling them bad or, or saying that, I don't know, calling them liars or whatever we call people. Or for example, you see someone um, having a bad relationship. You, it's, it's basically a negative opinion about someone. So mm -hmm. without understanding where this person is coming from. So the judgment comes from a place of a lack of compassion and empathy towards whatever that person is going through. And mm -hmm. it's also the same with yourself. When you judge yourself, you're being hard on yourself. Right. So, so I personally judge myself for a very long time. It's when I started uh, practicing mindfulness and understanding that there's an element of compassion. It's okay, mm. you know. Mm. You know, judgment is 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 a is basically labeling someone um, with so much assertiveness and in a harsh manner. At least this is mm. how it is to me. So when you say non-judgmentally, it's like you look at things as they are without attaching an emotion to it, without, mm -hmm. without analyzing it, without you know, calling it names. It's just simply an emotion. It's just simply a thought that is there. Of course, it has nature to it. You can say if it's positive or negative, but you're not, uh, analy you're not questioning it. You're not harshly labeling it or putting it in a box. Yeah. Or you so, don't hate so, it. You're not hating you don't hate it. No, yeah. no. So exactly that. Mm. So it really helps people. So this is why mindfulness helps fix relationships with yourself and with the others. Because when you see someone as uh, without judgment, when you see the reaction of someone or someone's behavior or emotions or thoughts, without judging them, you're coming from a place of compassion. And when you come from a place of compassion, you don't take things personal. Hmm. So you, you excuse them. You'll try to understand. What, so instead of judging, for example, the child's behavior, you try to understand, wait a minute, where is this behavior coming from? Hmm. So, so trying to understand why is the child behaving like this, as opposed to, I hear a lot of parents say, oh, my child is a devil, or, or my child never listens, or my child is, yeah, the labeling that some parents do, they put on children is really horrific, if you ask hmm. me, because... Children are innocent. It's just their behavior that needs to be corrected. It's not who they are. And they say it and kids hear it and they start believing that they are liars or they start believing that they are messy or they start believing that they, whatever, they're, they're hateful towards their sibling. In reality, they're not hateful. It's their, their behavior needs correction. It's what they're doing that needs correction. So mindfulness really helps us not judge anyone, not judge ourselves, not judge our children, not judge people we interact with. 
And when, when that happens, we start having compassion and understanding. And this is how we can heal ourselves and others. This is how we can be fully present. This is how we can fix relationships. This is how we can fix society, if you ask me. Yeah. Unfortunately, people, the easiest thing for them is to judge others. It's so easy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and non-judgment is a place where you try to understand. It's an, it's an right. observation of understanding, mm. if I can say that, and, yeah. and compassion. So, and, and non-judgment is definitely one of the pillars um, mm. of mindfulness, and that is definitely essential. And I find it very important as um, with a relationship with yourself, because I think you need to start not judging yourself first. Mm. and fixing that relationship you have with yourself first and when you have that clarity that comes with mindfulness with non-judgment with compassion with patience with trust then you can when you fix that relationship with yourself you can start looking at people in a different way and working on changing (sighs) your environment and your surrounding and your relationship with others so yeah Yeah. so how how i mean this takes me to the practical part now how to get there how do we go from where we are today to being a more mindful being more mindful person because there's it's a practice and it's definitely not an overnight thing so what are some of the practices that a person can do on a daily basis to make themselves more mindful okay so uh, definitely meditation is essential and it mm. could be started by five minutes of meditation daily. And mindfulness meditation is based on the breath. So basically just very simple practice of being aware of your inhales and exhales as they enter and leave your body. So the mind is focused on the breath. And when the mind is in the body, it's no longer here. So if your thoughts are on your breath, they're no longer in your mind. So you get out of your head into your body through the breath. And if you start practicing five minutes of mindfulness of breath meditation, you will calm down and you you will start uh, having more clarity. You will uh, manage your uh, nervous system. Well, really, thank you. So starting with just five minutes of mindfulness of breath, which is a very easy practice that doesn't need any mantras or songs or any like uh, very difficult techniques. It's simply meditating on your breath. This is one technique that you can start. Mm Another technique is actually a, a breathing technique that you can help calm your body. So you ask me, how can I be, become mindful? You need to slow down. And when you slow down, you need to take care of yourself. So these are self-care practices that you need to start doing to help you uh, become a calmer person, a more present person, a more aware person. And when you start uh, practicing these practices and, and, and shifting into that person, you're going to start to... Uh, have more clarity and you're going to start to focus on areas in your life where there is need for change and when you start doing that then you start exploring patterns and making decisions from a a place of, of, of awareness from a place of clarity as opposed to reactivity or making their own choices so small practices like um Drinking slowly, for example, there, look, so let's start. So there's five minutes of meditation that you can do. There's the belly breathing, which is a, a pranayama, a breathing technique that can help you. You can practice it lying down on your back, which is 
allowing the breath to enter the belly, expand it, release, uh, contract the belly when you exhale. So these are practices that can help you and our mindfulness practices that can help you relax your body and relax your mind. And, and, and practicing presence by basically focusing your awareness on something that you're doing. So getting out of autopilot could be choosing something you do daily. For example, it could be just brushing your teeth as opposed to just mechanically brushing without thinking, slowing down, really breathing, you know, feeling the brush on your teeth. These are the simple, simple practice that you can do. Eating, like we shove food down our throats. We're usually on our phone or watching TV. We're not connected with the, the quality of food or how much we're eating. And that's why people have a lot of problems with eating. Mindful eating is a chance for you to practice mindfulness and to change your relationship with food. So, you know, you can slow down, engage mm. your senses fully, uh, smell the food that you're eating, touch the texture. There, there's so many beautiful mindfulness practices that one can do. Um, uh, another would be mindful walking. So anywhere you're going, slow down your steps, feel your feet on the ground, connect with the ground beneath you, and always, always be breathing in a very slow and conscious manner. So for me, to be mindful is to practice conscious breathing. Yeah. When you're working, if, yeah. Go ahead, Moe. No, I, I just wanted to, to, something crossed my mind now about what you're saying. What if it's a painful experience that someone is going through? So someone's going through a really hard time or, or just a, a really painful experience that all humans go through. Um, I know that it's better to be mindful even through painful experiences, despite our tendency to want to, you know, rush th through it or avoid it somehow and just pray that it passes quickly but we're talking about slowing down here. So we're also slowing down during extremely painful experiences. And it's, it's you know, counterintuitive, but it's actually better for us. But why is that? I mean, how, how, can pain, how can mindfulness and slowing down help with more difficult, hurtful experiences? Yeah. Well, thank you for that question, Mo. It's... it's um... mm -hmm. We all have pain, right? And this is what mm. comes to the surface when you actually practice stillness practices, right? Mm. But in order for us to heal, in order for us to let go of painful experiences, we need to feel them. And the way to feel them is to really slow down and practice meditation and stillness. Mm. And what mindfulness teaches you is to um, look at your emotions as an observer and distance yourself from that emotion. So you're looking at the emotion, you're feeling the emotion, but you're not becoming the emotion. So with the practice of mindfulness, you start to learn how to move away from your pain and look at your pain from a different perspective. It teaches you how to accept painful situation and change your mm -hmm. attitude because that painful situation happened or maybe is happening, right? So as opposed to not dealing with it and allowing the emotions to control you and take over, you're sitting with it because that's the only way out. You need to sit with your emotion, feel it fully, but not get attached to it and allow it to control your life. And this is what mindfulness helps you by embodying the pillars of mindfulness, such as acceptance, accepting something 
that you can't control and changing your attitude towards it as opposed to um, you know, uh, allowing your emotions to control you and depress you and, and, and keep you stuck in, in, in a cycle of suffering. You are courageously looking at your experience and observing it and start to slowly with each breath you take to distance yourself from it. You become your, the observer of your emotions or the observer of your thoughts if it's a, mm. if it's a painful thought. And right. This is what mindfulness meditation does. You start, you start having courage to look at these painful experiences without allowing them to control you. And this is the power of the breath because the breath is going to calm you physically. So that's, that's where the breath comes in mm. because you, you are moving away. So every time a thought comes or every time an emotion that comes that's challenging, you take a deeper breath in, you reconnect with the body and you distance yourself from that emotion. And the more you practice, the more you sit with it, you eventually become an observer of these emotions and thoughts and they will no longer have control over you. The reason why we suffer is because we sit in our boxes more and our box can be a painful experience. And, you know, some people have anxiety boxes, some people have trauma boxes, some people have painful boxes due to a painful situation in their life or a past event that's really hurt them. Yeah. So, yeah. When we don't, when we don't face our feelings, when we don't sit with these emotions and truly feel them for the purpose mm. and the intention of releasing them fully, taking them out of our subconscious, taking them out of the cells of our bodies, because this is where emotions sit. They sit at a cellular level. They're deep, deep down inside of us. Mm. So we need to move the body. And part of mindfulness practices is mindful movement. But this is how we release, by moving, by breathing, by practicing stillness, by facing our fears, by facing our emotions. And when we do that in a non-judgmental manner, when we do that with compassion, when we do that with trust, so there's a trust element that I'm trusting myself, I'm setting the intention to change my life, to let go of these emotions because clearly they're not helping me. And this is when I started talking about patterns. When you practice mind, you're observing an emotional pattern. Doesn't matter what your pain, pain is. We all have stories. We all have painful memories, but we need to deal with them. Shoving them down and putting layers on top of them and distracting ourselves by whatever people distract themselves with, eventually our emotions, our emotions are going to haunt us and they're going to come back to the surface and it's going to be really severe. So this yeah. is where the conscious decision, this is where the purpose is. I need to decide that I need to work with my emotions and let them be. So the more you sit with your emotions, the more you observe them, the more you start distancing yourself from them by connecting to the breath, by removing yourself from that emotion. You're not your pain. So there, is, there's, and there are affirmations that we use. You are not your emotion, but your emotion is yours. So there are many techniques and practices in mindfulness to take your power back. So I think people fall into the trap of they become their emotion. They become their sadness. They become their anxiety. And then it's so hard for them to separate themselves from the experience. And this is where mindfulness practices help you change. You realize that you're not that emotion. You're not whatever happened to you. You're way more than that. 
Yeah. You're way more than that. Yeah, you know, you, we start remembering who we are. We come back to who we are by connecting yeah. with simple joy, these moments. And the more we practice them, the more we connect with these seconds and moments of joy, the moment we realize that we're way more than what happened to us. And mm. this is where we take our power back. And then we can look at our emotions without allowing the emotion to suck us in and, and, and take us back to that dark place. And, and this is really, it's, it's an observation. It's a, it's a practice of moving away from an emotion, from a thought, because with thoughts especially, and people think that their thoughts are actually facts, when in reality they're not. So they're mental events that we created. So it's also we explore their the thoughts and what they are and the nature of thoughts and where they're coming from. And we start changing our relationship with our thoughts as well. And that all comes with observation, with compassion towards ourselves, with self-forgiveness. You know, we need to really forgive ourselves with how we are allowing our situation and our emotions and our thoughts to really control our lives. So mm. mindfulness helps us slow down and change our relationship with our emotions, change our relationships with our thoughts, change our relationship with our physical body. We start yeah. taking care of ourselves. We start yeah. choosing, choosing the right thoughts, the right emotions. Mm. Mm. And although you're gonna be challenged a lot. So it's, I always say mindfulness is not magic. Meditation is not magic. It's actually a lot mm. of effort, but it's the right effort. And it's the effort worth taking because if we don't do that, if we don't face ourselves, if we don't go inwards and work with our emotions, we're always going to be controlled by our circumstances and we're always not going to have a choice. So yeah. the only way out is inwards. And right. that's, that's, that's really what it is. As hard as it is, and I know it can be very hard for people who've gone through trauma, be it childhood trauma or adult trauma, I understand. Mm -hmm. um, but for me, and at least my personal experience, it's the only way out. It's helped me take myself out of victimhood and taking responsibility for how I'm feeling. Because so how did, people, how, sorry, go on, go on. Yeah, yeah, no, it's okay. No, I, I wanted to ask you about that point specifically yeah. about you and how mindfulness actually helped you. Um, because that might your story might encourage people to to become more mindful. So you said it earlier on that um, in, mindfulness made a big impact on your life. I mean, today yeah. versus two years ago, and two years is 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 not a long time. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, two years is, is a short time. So, can you like describe or give some? elements of what changed um do you see life differently do you feel different how how has it helped you exactly in in your life it's actually four years ago and actually four. five five and a half six with meditation and then two years after i started my mindfulness right okay okay four years ago but anyways still four years is, is for people who go through a lot of trauma or have severe depression or what have you it's still not a a lot of time um hmm. when i started slowing down when i started facing uh my emotions and not running away from them and distracting myself 
with life, really. Mm. Um, I started realizing that I had a responsibility in whatever was happening for me. And I'm the only person who's responsible for how I feel. And as hard as it is for people to hear this, because I understand, because I had resistance to this at the beginning. Really, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm going through something that's challenging and I'm to be blamed for it. That's not fair, right? That's not fair that I'm not the victim. That's not fair that I still have to do a lot of work. But honestly, it's, we need to take responsibility for how we feel. And this is what mindfulness helped me do. It's helped me slow down, look at my life, look at my emotions and my thoughts and take full responsibility for them. As hard as it was, that's what it's helped me do. Mm. And it's helped me get out of a, a, a mental limitation, you know, mm. you know, because we, we have certain ideas about life and we have certain expectations and, um, and mindfulness was, was a reality check. Yeah. <laughs> right. But, the reason why it transformed me because it taught me compassion towards mm. myself. Mm. When we practice mindfulness, we practice it with gentleness. So we don't force anything. And whatever we face, whatever comes to the surface, um, we allow it, we observe it, we feel it fully. We write it down and we, we go through the journey of, of forgiveness towards others and ourselves. Because holding on to pain, holding on to resentment, holding on to anger doesn't help anyone. Mm. So for me, mindfulness was transformational because it's helped me how to, it taught me how to forgive myself for allowing myself to be in a state that um, I could have gotten out of years ago. So it's the practice of slowing down, the practice of observation, the practice of compassion, of trust, of patience with myself, having a beginner's mind, you know, opening up my mind to, to something different because our experiences shape us. They shape um, our mental and emotional state. So it's not easy for people to shift from something. They're so convinced. There's a conviction that I am right. There's a conviction that whatever happened to me, it's, it's someone else's fault or, or I'm stuck or I can't do anything with my anxiety or I can't lose the weight or I can't fix my relationship. There's so many mental um, limitations um, mm. that people, uh, unfortunately, it, it's, they're not aware. They do it unconsciously. It's, it's basically yeah. a result of their experience. So mm. mindfulness really is a reality check that comes with gentleness, that comes with a lot of love because it's a self-care practice with all the little techniques that we do with the breathing, with the meditation, with the movement, with mm. the stopping and, and, and looking at the sky or, or mm. listening to a music uh, with full presence. At these simple practices that bring us so much joy, help us and prepare us to, to face things that we're, we don't, we're afraid to face. Yeah. And you know, my, I mean, my personal experience with, with mindfulness, uh, I, I can't, I'm not going to say that today I'm, mindful 24 7 uh, hours of the day yet um but compared to a few years back uh, i'm definitely a lot more mindful for more time of the day and i think it's important to mention that the road to becoming more mindful sometimes a little is a little bit bumpy at least for me so for example 
I would become more mindful for some days and then a day would pass where I'm so distracted and my mind is, goes all over the place. And here, when, when I had those days, I, I, you know, it's important to remind ourselves that, you know, it's not the end of the world. Okay, I had a bad day, keep going. You know, just go back to being mindful again and then you'll get better. So it's, it's exactly what they teach in meditation when they say, if your mind gets distracted, don't beat yourself up. Just go back again yeah. to the present moment and, and go on, you know? So it, it's, you know, it's not like, oh, okay, I'm never going to be mindful. My brain doesn't want to, you know, it's, it's a hopeless case. I give up. No, it's, it's, it might be bumpy, but you, if you keep practicing it consistently, you, you will, you'll find yourself getting better at it. And you'll notice, like you said before, your mind becomes more clear um, you slow down, you start to appreciate things more, you go through experiences more fully. Um, so yeah, and, and, and I realized that too, as I was going through it. So just yeah. wanted to mention that a lot of things you said, Dana, we can take it in so many different ways. Um, but I want to, I mean, just before, before we, uh, we, we wrap up. I want to talk about your practice. Um, I know that you teach mindfulness in, mm -hmm. in Beirut. Is it in a specific center um, or do you do it on your own? How do you, how do you teach? I, I teach in, in, in two centers, uh, three actually. And I also uh, work online. So I have online clients. I, I do one-on-one -on -one coaching mm -hmm. and workshops online. Okay. Uh, so I have my own, but I also... Um, uh, hold sessions and workshops in, in, in different centers in Lebanon. Okay, so that was going to be my next question. So you actually do online work as well and people can yeah. um, from other countries, if they were if they're interested, they can get in touch with you and they can sign up for your coaching or your workshops and so, okay. That, yeah, that, absolutely. I have a lot of international clients that I work with. And honestly, Mo, this whole pandemic and, and <laughs> has really sure. shifted work so absolutely. much. And it's, uh, it's actually beautiful to, to have, to be able to connect with others all around the world and, and actually serve because uh, that's the whole intention. At least this is why I'm on this path. It's when mm. I went through something and I experienced it and I know that mindfulness has helped me. To, to change my life and become the person that I am today. And as I continue practicing it and changing and involving, I wanted to help others change their lives. And that's really why I do what I do. Um, it's, um, I just wanna help others feel better. And I want them to take control of their lives through the practice of awareness. And, mm. and you said something so important. I'm not always mindful now. Hmm. But I have a set of tools and techniques mm -hmm. that when I catch myself off that path of alignment or mindfulness, then I stop and I use these techniques and I come back on the right path. So I always say that it's really curved, but having the awareness, and that's what the beauty of mindfulness is, I notice when I'm off alignment and I stop myself and then I get myself back into that alignment. So it's, it's really a journey, like you said. And the more we, we practice it, the more we strengthen our muscle of awareness, which is basically our mind. Mm. And 
this is it. This is it's you said it at the beginning. It's really a, a way of life. And uh, we do it with forgiveness, with love. So when we slip, we are uh, aware that it's okay to do that. Mm. And we correct our behavior. We, we correct our thoughts. We correct our emotions. And mm. we move forward <laughs> yeah. in a right away. So. Awesome, uh, Dana. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you uh, a question that we ask every guest uh, yeah. on, on the show, which is any book that you have read whether recently or a long time ago doesn't matter but something that had a um, a big impact on you that you would recommend others to read anything comes to mind right now yeah i have a lot pick one <laughs> yeah good give, give us what, whatever whatever you want to share one, one is okay. good but if you have more why not? <laughs> hmm. um, well, I'm recently actually, I'm just reading a book. Uh, I forgot the author's name, but it's called The Power of Your Subconscious Brain. And I'm just loving this book. It's basically uh, everything that I apply set in a beautiful manner. So structured. So um, uh, yeah, it's a step-by-step -step practical book into understanding the power of our subconscious brain and how we can use affirmations to heal ourselves, to heal our minds, to heal our hearts, and to heal our bodies, really. Hmm. It, it's a beautiful book. Um, Dr. Joseph. Uh, by, I believe, Dr. Joseph. Yeah. yeah, yeah, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a great book. Um, it's, it's one of those books that uh, were written not a very long time ago, but probably, I think before we were born. Um, uh, I, I, I'm guessing from just the style of writing, I actually don't know the exact date it was written, um, but it's packed with, uh, with so much wisdom. And um, I mean, which is, which is not, a, not a surprise. It's not that uh, we, the, the, this knowledge isn't new. I mean, it's been around for thousands of years. It just, we kind of forgot it. We you know our, you know, that. At our time, we got distracted. We kind of slipped away from it for a while. And then I guess collectively, humanity suffered the consequences of slipping away from that. And now we're getting back to it. I think this is what's sort of going on right now. Absolutely. So, right? So this yeah, that's a great it's book. It's ancient. And, and mm. there are, that's why you find a lot of books yeah. saying the same thing. It's just different mm. authors word it in a different way. But the essence is the same. Mm -hmm. It's really uh, taking your power back, uh, thinking positively, uh, watching your words, your behaviors, um, your emotions, practicing stillness, going inwards. It's all the same language, you know, said in a different way. Mm. Uh, whether it's law of attraction, power of affirmation, meditation, all these beautiful books out there. But I'm, I'm, I'm almost done with the book and I love it. It was kind of a, a beautiful kind of um, summary uh, for, you know, for many practices that I personally apply and teach. And I thought it was an easy read. So I'm actually recommending it to all my, my clients and every, all my friends actually to read the book. It's, it's a beautiful, beautiful book. It is. It is. It's, it's a great book. I, yeah. I to totally agree. Awesome. <laughs> Well, Dana, I mean, I guess that's, uh, we, we, can, we can end it here. There's obviously so much to talk about on this topic and we can, uh, we can just branch out into other things, but, you know, maybe we can do it another time. Thank you so much for being Thank here today. Uh, really appreciate it. 
most welcome and for everybody tuning in thank you so much for listening hope you enjoyed this uh, episode of conscious convos um please you know as usual share it with your friends if you if you find value in it and that's it take care of yourself and catch you next time take care Thank you.